Hello, my friends. Hello, hello, my love, service, wisdom, friends. Thank you again for tuning in to this latest episode where I am sharing with you a conversation with one of my teachers, Govindas of the Bhakti Yoga Shala. Wow, I am I am such a fan of who this man is and the Bhakti, which is like devotion, heart, God's stream. Such a fan of the Bhakti that flows through this guy. I can't even, I can't even. And I'm so thrilled to share who he is and his teachings with you because for me, it just lights me up and inspires my practice so much. I first ran into Govindas in Bulgaria, of all places, at the first Udaya Live festival, where I was kind of like the recipient of a class that he was teaching. I didn't take the class and I didn't know who was teaching or who he was, but I heard his teaching because it was wafting up into my room. He was teaching down below it and hearing his voice and the frequency that was coming from him was so soothing and uh, healing, particularly in that moment and the time that I was having that year. That was back in the summer of 2016. And then I got to see him again at Udaya Live 2 and 3, and there might have been four of them, and was... Uh, got to take a class from him. So in real life, his classes and teachings, and like I said, the, and the like flow of bhakti and beauty and God and grace and service and devotion and presence that comes through him is so inspiring. And he's in the kind of Ramdas Satsang Sangha too. He's a longtime devotee of Maharaji as well. And Ma um, Raghu Marcus gave him the name Govindas and Ramdas gave his beautiful wife the name Radha, which is also the same name that Ramdas gave me. And um, I just think that's so sweet and synchronistic too. I haven't ever got the pleasure of spending time with Radha except for online with classes because both she and Govindas have been leading tons of offerings since the quarantine began, the lockdown began uh, the end of March. They have run a studio in Santa Monica called the Bhakti Yoga Shala for the past 10 years. That's a hub for this beautiful Maharaji Ram Das Hanuman God's dream of teachings for yeah the past 10 years. And they went quickly online and adapted. And I found him just because I was following him and would tune into his live streams where we would chant in the morning or do Dharma talks or yoga classes or whatever. And it became my solace personally as I was navigating the new waters of the lockdown. I could count on Govindas being there every day. And even if I just got a little bit of it every day, it meant so much to me and it still does. And in this conversation, right at the end of it, we had this conversation about maybe a month and a half ago, a month and a half or so ago. And right at the end of it, Govinda shares that he doesn't know if his studio will be able to make it because his rent, his 
release is about to be up and the rent was still going to be quite high at like pre-COVID rates and he didn't know if Rada and him could commit to that and afford it. So he was just like on the cusp of deciding whether or not they were going to be open or closed. And since then, they have decided to close, which I know is really heartbreaking to so much of their community. And um, the only saving grace or a, there's probably lots one of the saving graces is that they have done such a great job transitioning to online. And so now they have all kinds of teachings and modules from like kirtan trainings and pranayamas and meditations and yoga classes, vinyasa or yin and restorative or kids yoga that you can um, take now through an online portal, the Bhakti Yoga Shala, and you can have access to them regardless of whether you're in Santa Monica. Myself, I'm thinking I might do the Kirtan training that's going to start in early August. We'll see if I can make time for that. I hope I can. And um, yes, I'm just so grateful for everything that they've been offering and doing these past few months. And seeing them blossom and grow into the online has just been really inspiring. So in this conversation, we talk about building online community and the power of that, as well as bhakti and the like, the path of the middle way and the path of service and the power of the Hanuman Chalisa that he's been teaching others to chance during the quarantine. And I've had as my practice for over a year now too, so those are some of the things that we touch upon and it feels quite synchronistic to be releasing his podcast now because my studio, Sage Yoga and Wellness, that's been also open for 10 years here in Boise, Idaho, I just announced last week that we were closing our doors permanently and it's... um. It's been, as my heart breaks, my heart also has been warmed by the support from so many people in the community, friends and other studio owners or business owners, and of course, the students and the teachers and all the volunteers. And just, it's been a huge flood of way more than I ever might've thought or anticipated. Just so many people reaching out with sharing their stories of how Sage was so important to them or the connections that they made or the safe space. I keep hearing over and over again, safe space for healing and transformation and connection and the depth of teachings. Oh, it's just been... Mm. Mm. It's been a wonderful reminder of what was and the power of that place that it held for myself and so many. You know, I was kind of living it as my life. And I think you can kind of take for granted or not really know the impact that something is having on others. But now it's really clear because so many have shared so much. And I'm just grateful for that immensely. And I'm grateful for the sage years, the 10 years that we had together evolving and 
and being together in in spirits in in like with an intention of self-discovery and self-awakening and I know goodness gracious myself I've learned and grown so much over these past 10 years and transformed in innumerable ways and really matured in innumerable ways and got just so many moments so many moments so many tears through the studio, you know, that we have as like our release and healing and connection and understanding and so many smiles and so much joy and so many friendships, lifelong friendships I know that I'll have through people that I've met, whether they're students or teachers that have come through the studio. And yeah, I'm just, it's been a lot. And I've cried and 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 cried. Like two weeks ago, you couldn't even say the word sage without me crying. And I think I'm near the end of that, which feels good. But I think what's helping, like I said, is so much support from everybody else. Where before I was carrying the weight solo and ooh, wow, just really in the depths of it. And at the same time, I definitely believe in like the phoenix rising from the ashes and the power of transformation and the cycle of life, birth, death, rebirth. And this is in the flow and this is part of the cycle. And it's sadly a casualty of this crazy time that we're in and this huge death cycle that we're in. And I'm... uh, hit me too guys and I'm living into it also and I'm letting go of one of my most precious babies in the spirit of transformation and I don't know what the future holds and I don't know where I'll be teaching and I certainly don't anticipate having such a beautiful online portal as Bhakti Yoga Shala anytime in the future but maybe still going to be leading the yoga teacher training with my um, partner in that, Naomi. And I'm sh- I know I'll be teaching somewhere somehow because that's, you know, I can't not. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. But um, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with the delightful... Govindas. So I'm here with Govindas, and we were just kind of getting into the, our new life of technology, mm-hmm. which is teachers and many of us in all over the, in all the different ways are having to adapt to, and it's so hard. Mm. It's so hard. It's hard, but and yet at the same time, it's better than I ever imagined it to be. Like that is zoom- true. You know, like you can really feel the presence of other people, even though we're not in the same room. I guess mm-hmm. we're in a Zoom room, but right. you know, like you can really feel that something special of being with other people, even though we're not physically together. It's true. And it is connecting us in ways that we wouldn't have before. Yes. And, um, uh, gosh, there are so many silver linings. It's just as the facilitator getting the activity going, 
from the tech end. I'm not like a producer or a sound person or all of that, but I'm learning these new skills. And then they change the platform. Then they update it and then it's new. And right. It's different. Just when we thought we had everything going nice and smooth on the gram. <laughs> then they change it all. Now it all has to go to IGTV, right? Like Without a notice. don't stay up for 24 hours anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I just noticed that too. And it was quite frustrating because I liked I the know. way it was before. It's like we just get used to liking the new way that it was. Right. And, and that's why we can't, you know, we can't take refuge. We can't put all of our marbles in this social media game because it's completely in somebody else's hands. They can change anything they want at any time. And we've invested so much of our energy and our time and <laughs> building our Instagrams and this and that and poof, just like that. They can change the <laughs> algorithms and this and that. And hey. What, where, what do we do? We put God as in the center of our lives and that's, that's it. You know, that's, let's not, let's let everything else be periphery. Upfront one is Ram. That's it. Upfront one is Krishna or, or Radha or whoever it is that is your most cherished form is Maharaji. And everything else is just periphery, is second, secondary. Somehow, yes. Yeah, somehow the gram is even God and drag, right? It's teaching us a lot of lessons. <laughs> and it's connecting somehow. us so much. And I have to say, I just love your um, bhakti shala practices. I love my mornings with Jai and Shalisa with Govindas. I've been doing it since the beginning of the quarantine. Oh and God. it's that's my refuge so much in such a big way. I feel like, and my family's gotten used to it too. I have a daughter who's 16 and a son who's eight and of course Krishna. And I'll turn you on and you're kind of just like in my pocket with me as I'm like <laughs> making breakfast and doing the things through the house and the kids. And they're just like, there it is again. I'm like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like a daily spiritual Mr. Rogers. He's walking uh, with us into his house and here we are awesome. with it. I love yeah. it. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I look at you giving so much and I'm like, how does he have all those offerings? Mm. It's so it full. Is, it, first of all, it's my refuge. You know, I, it's like the time, as you know, having two kids as well too, there's not much time. So if I can lock myself in this room, I'm not talking during the <laughs> <they're right. laughs> <laughs> This is my gift, right? This is my retreat time. So I'm like setting things up for all day. Yeah. Well, you probably started it like most of us thinking like, I'll do this for two weeks or something, or I'll just start this and see how it goes. And now we're a couple months into it. I know. I'm so happy. And, you know, for me, it's, it's just, we keep using the word retreat and that's really what it feels like to me. And, and this is kind of the, the platform you know, when we lead retreats as we do all to all these places, like this is what we do. We wake up together, we have satsang, we do kirtan, we study, we practice, we meditate, we chant, and we're together in the mornings. And something about this platform of the web, it's, it's allowing it to happen right now as everybody has been forced just to slow down and be still and and not move about so much. Although I don't know if you're feeling it where you live, because I believe it's probably much quieter than LA, but things are, you know, there's a lot more 
airplanes flying than there were two weeks ago. There's a lot more people on the roads. So you hear that ambient sound more than you did. And Mm -hmm. I was just loving the quietness here. I mean, so silent for about two or three weeks here, even in Los Angeles that, ah, and it made me remember how much I love quietness and stillness in my environment. So it's bringing up a lot, you know, it's, it's not been easy. I mean, I don't know about your family, but our family's been going crazy at times with each other, like so emotional and intense, but on the other side of the coin, so absolutely sweet that, I mean, we've eaten every meal together Mm. for like 60 days or however long it's been going on now. (laughs) I've never, since my kids have been born, one's almost 10, the other's five. I've never had that because, you know, teaching schedules, traveling, this and that, we're always in and out. And here we are, we're just together. Yes. Yeah. I feel like a deepening relationship with my children for sure. And them growing in their sense of compassion as a unit, you know, for our own individual needs. And for myself, I divorced two years ago and my ex-husband, we have a great relationship and he lives really close. We've changed our schedule to two weeks on, two weeks off, where it was week, week, back and forth. I just thought to myself yesterday, that was so smart of you to get divorced. So now you get two weeks without your kids. (laughs) Space in your life again. Because people like you, parents, you know, where it is full on, there's blessings and it's wonderful and enriching, but it's also a lot. And then trying to homeschool them at the same time and teach them things. And there's just, it's just whatever the emails, everything has just been accumulating. I mean, even it's seemingly like, even though we're, you know, in this lockdown, still not moving around. I've been working harder than I've ever worked in my whole life, you know, just trying to keep up, just trying to mm-hmm. keep everything together and keep everything going. And so it, there's definitely been blessings and there's definitely been challenges as well too. But I, uh, I've, I've really appreciated this time and, um, and, and actually really enjoyed it as well too. And not to say that I would ever want anybody to be sick or anything like that, but you know, as yogis, that this I think is just a very natural thing for us to slow down and be still and mm-hmm. turn a little bit more inward. Mm-hmm. I was talking look with- at ourselves, and you know, look at what what our beloved Baba Ram does. You think you're enlightened? Go hang out with your family. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So many opportunities for growth with the family and such just reward of really like tightening into the family unit for those. I mean, all family dynamics are different, of course, and all home situations are different. But for those of us that can be with our kids in this time in a loving way, such a treasure, such a gift because they're going to grow up and be gone in the blink of an eye. Well, it happens too quick, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I was just sharing with some of my students today, we were on a call earlier, reflecting how much now I've gotten to do um, my sadhana in such a more complete, enriching daily practice way. One, because of my commitment to you and the practice together that we're doing, but it feels like anchoring in the God stream so strongly, even while, like you mentioned, these other poles and staying busy in, in new and different ways. But the 
like the inner attunements to source is so much bigger or stronger or more present. I feel exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it's like somehow in this, the veils have become a little bit thinner or maybe it's just the sadhana as it does is that it cuts through. You know, when you do intense sadhana, it helps us to cut through the stuff. And uh, yeah, so I I agree with you. And um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Your Chalisa challenge. What a gift that is to so many. I started I started to learn the Chalisa by myself a year ago, last May, after going to the first my first Ramdas retreat in Maui. Have you ever been out there for one of those? Did you make it? You no, know, I've been to not in the more recent ones. We were actually a part of a couple Ramdas retreats through the years, but not like the big ones in December. Okay. This was the, this was one in the spring and um I had heard about the Chalisa and I mm. knew about the Chalisa, but I didn't know the Chalisa. And then mm. when you go to the retreats, they're singing the Chalisa and everybody knows the Chalisa. <laughs> Krishna Das is leading it and the whole band is there and it's hundreds of people chanting it together and they give you the paper to follow along and you're like, I can't even begin to, my tongue won't even wrap around those words at that pace. What is even happening? So I came home with my sh- two sheets and just committed myself to learning a line every single day because okay. I wanted to be able to chant it when I went to um, the Neem Karoli Baba Ashraman's house in mm. June. So that was kind of my focus and goal. And I got there. I have like a part in the Chalisa that feels like I'm getting into deep water, you mm. know, like around like line 29 or 30. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, am I going to make it through? And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. And then playing it on the harmonium is, was the next step, which I'm also at now as well with some chords and singing it. And I, I just can't tell you the joy and the pleasure. I know you understand of being able to have that with me constantly. It's such a constant embodiment. It's mm. always with you when you get into it. It's always with you. And it, you know, for myself, I've chanted it almost every day for 20 years. I mean, if, of course, I've missed days here and there and many days, 25, 30 times. And it is just, I don't know if you've heard during these Instagram, Instagram streams, but I'm not sure if you know uh, Radha Baum, Shiva Baum's mother. I don't know if you know these two, but Mm-mm. Radha and Mohan, they were with Maharaji in, you know, late 60s. And she said that um, that Maharaji said that the Chalisa is a shield. And this is the first time I've ever heard this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's what it is. It's a shield essentially against negativity on one level. I mean, it's so many different things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like a protective shield. And... Uh, Having chanted it for 20 years, you would agree with that? I would definitely agree with it. And I would say even more so than ever, like the, the, the more I chant it, the deeper I, I feel this relationship with it and this love for it and this understanding, you know, and I still feel like I'm just still just right at the tip with it, that 
of what it really is and who Hanuman is and to understand this as Krishna Das always says, Hanuman is a current of grace mm. and really what that means and how we can call that current of grace into our lives or, and, you know, it's like, because Hanuman is that current of grace everywhere in every moment, but Hanuman lives inside of us as well too. So we sing to remember that Hanuman lives within as the embodiment of these qualities of love, of service, of devotion, of friendship, of humility, of strength, of courage, you know, of being a warrior. And uh, so it is like, you know, I mean, I love to make the joke, you know, most people have short mantras of like two or three words, <laughs> Om Namah Shivaya. You know, that's how crazy my mind is. I need a 40-verse <laughs> mantra to keep, to keep me straight. With no uh, repetition. Yeah. yeah. So you but, said uh, you found it 20 years ago. Tell me how you found it. Tell us. Well, I, when Krishna Das first, it was right around the time that, you know, it was about, it was about 1996 or something like that, 1997 maybe. And I was actually driving on a, uh, I was in Florida at my parents' house and I was about to drive on a road trip from Florida up to New York to go see a friend in New York up in the Hamptons for a couple of weeks in the summer. I just taken a teacher training in Florida. Where in and, Florida? Uh, yoga teacher training? Yep, yoga teacher training with a teacher named Yogi Hari. Yogi Hari, he comes from the Shivananda lineage, but he broke away and did his own thing. And why I actually took that teacher training because Kirtan was a big part of it. And that's why what I was attracted to for that's why I went there. And that, so I was out here in California. My parents were there. So I said, oh, go, go back and take my first teacher training there. And uh, so I drove right before I was about to drive to New York from Florida. A friend said, here, you need to listen to this tape. Because we had tapes in our car back then, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. even CDs. And she handed me this tape and it was a Ram Dass tape. And I had been studying yoga for a few years at this point but I had never been introduced to Ram Dass. And somebody gave, and this friend gave me this Ram Dass tape, said, listen to this on your way up. You're going to love this. And uh, so I put it in and I, the whole drive, it takes about 20 hours to get from Florida to New York. I listened to it the whole time over and over and over and over and over again. And here was this being that was sharing who Maharaji is sharing about the path of bhakti yoga. And I felt like I was hearing all of these things that I knew. I mean, I, I felt it felt so familiar, but I had never heard anybody in a human form speak like this as Ram Das was speaking. It felt so close. It felt like family. It felt everything about it. And so that was my introduction to Ram Das and Maharaji. You know, and I got to New York. And I, when I got to New York, I went to Jiva Mukti Yoga Center. And I took a yoga class at Jiva Mukti. And during the class, I mean, literally, I had just driven in. I'm, I'm listening to my Ram Dass tape. I go in. I find a parking spot somehow crazy in the middle of Manhattan. And I leave the Ram Dass tape. I go up into the yoga center. I've never been there before. I go to Jiva Mukti. I take my first class there. And in the class, 
the teacher's playing Krishna Das, his very first tape that he released. And I had heard Kirtana and had just come from this teacher training where the Kirtan was a big part of it, but it was very Indian sounding and I loved it. But then I heard Krishna Das as this sort of these Western melodies and this deep voice. And I was, oh my gosh, this just blew me open. So I asked the teacher about it. She said, yeah, go into our bookstore and you can buy the tape. And he just released the tape. And so I went and on the tape is a picture of Maharaji. And here's Krishna Das's first tape. And in the bookstore, they also had Bhagavan Das tapes and Jayutal tapes. So I picked up everything I could there. And that was really my introduction to it. And then I came back to California and, um, and Krishna Das started touring. This is when he started touring. And so he, uh, he was doing a book signing at Borders Book. This was his first of his sort of like little LA tour. And he was doing a book signing and there was like 10 people there. And I showed up and that's where I met Krishna Das and I met, um, you know, Raghu and, and uh, cause they were all there. They were a part of the 10 basically. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and now look, and, uh, and I met Shiva Baum there and, and hmm. Shiva sort of just grabbed me and pulled me in and said, you're not going anywhere. And that was, uh, that was really the beginning of it, you know? And, and uh, yeah. And, and once, I don't know, imagine yourself as well too. You hear this, this kirtan and it's like everything just starts rearranging in your being. It's like a whole recalibration of energy. And, and uh, so Okay, so that's where I first heard Krishna Das. I don't know. I think he did have a Chalisa um, on that record. But when it really got me, I was his Live on Earth CD mm-hmm. had just came out. And that, mm, I was driving down PCH in LA. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but I was on PCH driving up to Malibu. I was right near Topanga and I heard, I was listening to this Chalisa and that something happened, you know, that something very mysterious, mystical, magical happened. I felt this presence and felt my heart open and I felt that feeling of being at one with the universe. And that's when I like really got the Chalisa. And uh, started, you know, associating myself with it more closely. And then I did, uh, I was, and then I did like you. I I said, I got to learn this one line a day for 40 days. Mm -hmm. And so I took on that Mahasadhana to, uh, to learn it. And that's how I learned it. Well, you, you learned it and you live it and you are it. You are it. I love it. I love <laughs> how much you are it. It's amazing. It's an inspiration. And I, I yeah, it's just so fantastic. I have to say in, two, in 2001, I was driving or I took the train from Florida to New York City. And that's how I, yeah, I grew up in Daytona. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You took the train, the train from there to to New York too. Yeah, yeah, and discovered Ramdas on a journey from Florida to New York City. Stop. <laughs> and then I went out to Washington, Washington State, and I found in a thrift store Osho on tape. 
yes. found Osho tapes and I would listen to those over and over again and then found Ram, um, an old, old copy of Be Here Now and a used bookstore. And that again was 2001. And that was my, that was the beginning of my Ramdas awakening. Mm-hmm. And saw Bhagavan Das a couple years later doing a kirtan. And my kirtan with him, that was the first time that I, it, it was my first kirtan mm. was with him and it was in Arcata, California. And it was, a, it was transcendent. It like entered into trance states through. Oh, he He's like, a, we call him a kirtan shaman, right? Yes. I mean, he, he takes you into those states. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, that must've been 2004 or so. And that was my first being blown open into Kirtan and have been a devotee of it ever since, but really tiptoed into it because I don't classify myself as someone with a musical background, you know, more of like the periphery musical appreciator. Like I can totally get on the train of the vibe in the collective field, but hadn't ever been one that was downloading it through my stream, if that makes sense, until now, until the gift of Kirtan. Mm. Love it. I mean, there is, you know, like one of my favorite quotes from Swami Shivananda, life without Kirtan is like a garden without flowers. Mm. And that just really makes sense to me, you know, like the, the Kirtan, it just, it does something to the heart and like like flowers you know like it brings forth those beautiful colors of the heart it helps us to engage our heart and Mm -hmm. um, and you know i i don't know when i heard kirtan for the first time it just i knew that this was the the my calling in life and and me too i mean i i took piano for a year as a kid mostly because my mom made me and i really didn't want to. I wanted to be out playing <laughs> soccer and riding bikes. And, and my parents said, no, you got to take your hour piano lesson. And it was torturous to me, you know? So as much as I learned, you know, some chords and notes and stuff like this, I wasn't, you know, intentionally participating in those moments. So not much of it stayed. Uh, so, you know, I just like you can just see, you know, you learn, learn as you go. That's what I've been doing. Just learn as you go and, and watch, you know, I go to India and I just watch people play kirtan and how they do it. And, and, you know, and I think Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada of the Hare Krishna movement, he said, you learn kirtan by singing kirtan. Yes. You know, Beautiful. that's how you learn kirtan. You and your wife Radha, now you're leading a kirtan training, right? Yep, we're doing our first online kirtan training. And, you know, and it's amazing. We have 80 people on Zoom with harmoniums. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we are muting most people most of the time. And then we take turns. You know, I'm unmuted and I'll teach a, a, a chant. And then we'll have, we'll unmute people one by one and let them share uh, their rendition of it and, and, and it's working. That's what's crazy. You know, it is actually working. And, and I don't want to say 
working better than in person, but it's, it's right there, you know, because what I'm doing is I'm taking the camera, I'm putting it right over my harmonium so mm-hmm. they can see exactly what notes and chords I'm playing where live, we don't really have that capability. Yeah. Or all spread out. They can't really see my hands. And I watched so your, I watched your Instagram live to Lisa harmonium video. What's he doing? Yeah. What, how is he playing? Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 It does work well. And I've heard um, Trudy and I had a conversation, Trudy Goodman, and she's teaching a lot of meditation online now. And she's saying the same, like it's working better in some ways because for the students, it feels like they're sitting right up close with me. Yeah, it does. You, you really do feel that. I mean, even us right now talking, like we are, we're here together, you know, there's no doubt about that. And um. And it leaves a lot of questions about what's the future of yoga and kirtan, and at least in the short term, you know. I mean, the thought of sitting in a yoga studio with, you know, everybody six feet apart and everybody wearing masks and, and singing kirtan together doesn't sound so fun to me. I have to be honest with you, you know, no. like that seems a little weird. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll get used to it. But, Is the Bhakti uh, Yoga Shala, are you guys planning on reopening? We're not sure. We, we, we are really in negotiations with our lawyer. Interesting enough, with our lawyer, with our landlord. And interesting enough, our, our lease ends next week. 11 oh. years. Wow. 11 wow. years ends next wow. week. So we've been just going back and forth with our lawyer. As to, I mean, uh, with lawyer. The with landlord. Landlord, just to see what's what's the right decision here. And, and you know, I mean, you own a studio. What do you think? Yeah, I, I have mm. a studio, Sage Yoga and Wellness, and it's 10 years that yeah. I've been open. And uh, I have been planning on trying an iteration of opening June 1st, so just a couple of weeks. And I'm nervous about it. Part of me thinks, who's going to come? Are people going to come back? Is it sustainable at the capacity with six feet apart? I also love being home and I'm really enjoying teaching from home. And, you know, I think we're all, many of us in a phase of renegotiating our lives and paring things down. And honestly, the idea of all the life force energy that it takes to run a studio, the back end of it, I don't really want to do that anymore. And managing other teachers and the oh, whole thing. All a, of it. All of it. Well, of all of it as it was. Yeah. And then now with the new sanitation protocols and social distancing protocols. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I imagine you, you probably in your yoga school too, at least for us, you know, the only way we're ever able to sustain things financially is with really crowded classes. You know, when there's five or 10 people in the class, typically we're losing money. But when there's, you know, for us, 30 to 50 people in a class, that's when we're able to, where we're able to pay our bills from. But that's not what it's going to look like, at least in the short term and maybe even longer term as well too. So it's a very slippery situation we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us have the answers yet. And, you know, and, and, uh, 
yeah, the health, the sanitization protocols and all this, it, it's just a whole different world. And um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's good you're in conversation with your landlord. That's been on my mind is I need, I have to have the conversation with my landlord because mm-hmm. the, the ability to pay rent, and I can only imagine yours in Santa Monica is a little crazy or yeah, quite high. $7,000. Yeah. And mine's not too much below that. It just yeah. feels like a, uh, like a, a big weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it's, if it's a, it's a big weight, I think myself, if, you know, you can only have a few people yes. in the class, you know, with six feet apart, where normally we could fit 50 people in our yoga studio at six feet apart, we can probably fit 10 to 15 people or something like that. And then that becomes a big weight, at least in my mind, like how can we sustain this when my landlord, I don't know what your landlord's been like, but our landlord hasn't been happy at all with us because basically as of March 16th, we haven't been open and Jan, uh, April 1st came and we said, look, how can we pay you rent? We don't have any money coming in. We can't even use the space. And um, so we're trying to work through all this right now. And, and then the added pressure right now of the lease coming up and seeing how we can. And, you know, she wanted us to sign a four-year lease at the old rate, you know, which we, we said, we can't do that right now. You know, how can we possibly do that right now? It's absolutely impossible. You can't do that right now. You can't do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel that so much. And what feels so heartbreaking as well as so many entrepreneurs and small business owners aren't really making it through. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of yoga studios are closing. We just heard that Wanderlust is closing. There's the big Wanderlust yoga studio here in Los Angeles. And we just heard that they're closing as well, too. And I think uh, I think because of what you said as well, too, is that, you know, first of all, people don't realize what happens on the backside of yoga studios is that it's not easy work. It takes a tremendous amount of focus and daily upkeep in the back end, along with all of the stocking toilet paper and cleaning studios and, you know, and so many hidden costs behind that as well, too. And, uh, and now we have this new platform of, of Zoom and online stuff that maybe for the short term while, uh, you know, while the real estate market adjusts and maybe prices go down a little bit, who knows, maybe that will be the next step in this process. Yep. I've thought about you and all the, um, all the love that I've gotten out of all of your offerings and teachings. And I've thought, how does, where's Govindas accepting money for this? How are mm. people, how come I sent him money? Where do we, where do, does he have a Venmo? How do I, he doesn't mm. even mention it. He never even says like, this is my Venmo yeah. or this is my PayPal. Cause it's not going through your studio. It's just up there. Or am I missing yeah. a piece? No, I mean, every once in a while, I'll say something. Okay. You know, like, hey, at the end of, of the session, like, hey, you know, we, we, we accept donations if anybody is feels like they would like to offer. And, you know, I mean, myself, I just really try to 
follow, not that I'm always good at it, but Krishna's advice in the Bhagavad Gita, do what you do just because that's what you do, not for the reward at the end. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I never, ever want to make it about the money because I want to keep it really pure as, as the offering. And, um, but yeah, at the end, every once in a while, I'll let people know our Venmo and our PayPal, which are actually on our Instagram. Oh, they um, are. They're on our Instagram profile page. Okay, good. So that's, good. that's there for people. And people have been so generous. I mean, there really have been, you know, not to name names, but people have, a couple of people have sent in donations for $1,000 and, you know, and that kind of stuff is so, I mean, it makes my heart just melt when I hear, when I see some people doing this, like just, you know, there's no tax write-off. There's no, they're just because of their appreciation. And I don't know, I just try to trust and, and live in that, that current that we do seva and that, you know, there, there's, there's a one, I can't remember in all the Bhagavad Gita that I read that the exact shloka, but there's one shloka that Krishna says, if you live in the spirit of selfless service, you will always be taken care of. (laughs) Say it again. Say it one more time. If you live in the spirit of selfless service, you will always be taken care of. True. It's so true. It's so true. It, it, I, I have faith in it, you know, yet obviously, you know, our minds play can certainly play tricks on us as well too. And, uh, and you are I'm wearing an entrepreneur here. studio owner hats and that does take some, at least deciding, choosing yeah. which path to take. To keep it yeah. or not keep it. It's a big one. It's a really big one. Yeah, it's a baby. Right, we're right in in this, you know, in this really very critical week of time right now. So, and, and we trust. And if we let go of it, I'm. There's a certain excitement around that as well, too, that it opens us up for a new beginning. And, mm-hmm. and okay, maybe we'll just keep things online for a, a period of time until things um, are chill out, you know, get back to normal, whatever that means now. And then, you know, there's there have been some real limitations in our studio it's a small space and you know something that me and my family we really want to open a little cafe Mm -hmm. um in next to in our studio and right now we don't have the ability to do that so maybe that's the next step i have this vision of some kind of rooftop deck overlooking the ocean i don't know i mean (laughs) let's dream big if we're gonna do it (laughs) let's let's go to that next level so um, we'll so beautiful. How it looks like. Yeah, endings and new beginnings. I yeah. I have been felt feeling so much in my life energetically the sense of the bridge mm. between what was and no longer is, and what's being born, and the fact that we're really just still on the bridge. Yeah, and we don't know where it's going, but I I trust and know that we're directing its creation through a lot of the practices that we're doing now, like you were speaking to and uh, following that thread of selfless service. 
And, you know, people, boy, do they want to be off of this bridge now. I mean, at least here, like you can just feel people's impatience. <laughs> they just want to open everything up as quick as they can and get out back to life probably because it's bringing up a lot. We're, we're forcing, being forced to look at our shadow. I mean, that has been a huge part of this journey for myself, at least. And without a practice in our lives, looking at shadow stuff is not easy. And, and what do most people want to do? Run away from the shadow. And that's why the impatience mm -hmm. comes, get me out of here. I just want to go back to the way things were. But I, what I think people may be not seeing is that there's something much bigger at play here that we don't even understand. Yeah, much and bigger. That that even though I want to go out, get back to my life, you know, that's just ego stuff. Like, Will you share a little bit of the shadow work you've been doing personally? Well, you know, I mean, for myself, the shadow work, I think, you know, people, human beings reflect everything that we need to see about ourselves and my own seeing my shadow is my my own tendency to raise my voice at my kids or get angry at my kids or you know or my wife or you know this wanting things to be different than they are and you know the thing as i can imagine you understand is with family like if if you're by yourself there's so much space but with family living in the same room i mean how to live in a, a small house like everything is so close and that's why ramdas's statement is so absolutely brilliant because your 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 family will reflect and push buttons within you that nobody else can push and so you see that stuff so quickly being with them as we've been with them for, you know, <laughs> five days straight or however long it's been, you know, I, you see where you have all this work to do. And, and, um, for me, the practice has been, you know, just to use gentler words, to be more patient with everybody, to be softer in my tones with my family, even though when they may be doing, you know, things that, I don't approve of or or believe that the way children should be angry uh, acting instead of me going <laughs> you know there's like there's another way of approaching things so yeah I yep. think you know we see our tendencies and and the beauty of this path is that we have the power to shift out of old tendencies Mhm mm I I remember one morning practice with you back in uh sometime in May where you're like, I've kind of lost my voice and I would like to say it's from all the kirtan I've been singing, but I know it's really because I've been yelling at my kids. It's, it's exactly what, what it is. <laughs> and I think it's, I, I didn't, I haven't studied so much Christianity or even the teachings of Jesus a little bit, but didn't he say you are not poisoned for your anger, but by your anger? Yes. Yep. 
It's making me giggle because I'm thinking of one morning when I had to get on like a Zoom yoga practice with my students from my studio and I was trying to get privacy to be able to teach because it's definitely hard to teach on Zoom when you have a family audience. So I was trying to get them out. And they like they like came back for something and I remember yelling at them like, you guys are really pissing me off right now. And then like uh, two seconds later, I had to be like, hey, everybody. I and I'm know. like, I hope that was muted. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me and my wife will be at each other. <laughs> at each other and then 5 30 p.m comes and it's because we do 5 30 kirtan every night and we sit down right here and we just have to drop it right just whatever was there just drop it and show up fully yeah what a beautiful way to transform the energy too together you know in those moments where you can mm. sing together it's like what oh, were we mad about again and and guess what it happens every time you know anytime we go in and 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 you just said it like what were we mad about why was i so caught there why was i so triggered there over something so trivial so i just wanted to bring up something for you i'm just going to um that really touched me uh it says the middle road is the path of letting go. Identified with neither pleasure nor pain, the good or the bad. Sometimes I get caught on one side. Recently, it's been the pain. Spirituality in my life is a raft. Drowning in the negative narrative and the stress those thoughts create in my body. A part of me can still navigate to my truth that allows me to witness without judgment, to be with what is without needing to control or change or blame. Eventually, I know I will resurface, tender from the bruises, but transformed, offering myself to you this week for some yoga. Well, I just felt that so powerfully. This for anybody listening, this is Radha's post on Instagram last week or yeah, early Monday. Monday, mm-hmm. and the 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 wisdom, the deep wisdom in those eight or ten sentences right there. If we could all learn that, this is life changing stuff. And sharing from somebody that's been doing some serious work on the path. So I read that, and I was just like. I mean, we're all, I think, trying to say very similar things. Mm-hmm. But every time you read it or hear it from a certain person and then the words just make so much sense. And I read that and it just really hit me in the heart and made so much sense. So I just want to appreciate you for that share and honor you for the work that you're doing. And of course, for all your students out there that are receiving this, these teachings, what an incredible gift this is that you're sharing with people because you, you said it. And, and this was our Bhagavad Gita reading this morning that Krishna says his first definition of yoga in chapter two, he says, yoga is perfect evenness of mind. And that's what you're talking about. The middle road is the path of letting go, identified with neither the pleasure nor the pain, the good or the bad. You're right there in between. 
that's that's the that's the aim and you know and then the rest of that post too speaking about when i'm not there and yeah. boy has this time brought up opportunities to not be there recently more so just the depth of pain that i've been feeling and sometimes I think when I get caught wanting to put a narrative to it, why, why do I feel this or who is it or what's causing it? Who's causing it? And instead just choosing to witness it mm. and chant to Chalisa and mm. listen to Ramdas. The other night I had such a, a hard night and I turned on my Instagram and um, Bhakti Yogashala, who does it in the evening? A Santoshan angel. Yeah, and they were chanting the Chalisa, and I'm like, oh, okay, here's my healing balm. And then I crawled into bed and just turned on like old YouTube Ramdas. Oh, yeah. And fell asleep. Nah. <laughs> and then a new day begins. And then a new day began, and you feel a little tender, but boy, is that practice and those connections to soul and source and others' teachings. And the fact that we can reach out in these ways, you know, like I can turn on my phone and yes, it's a distraction or a vice in some ways, but it also is a channel for healing and connecting to one another. That's for sure. And I, I really resisted that for a long time. And I think the, you know, the flip has come in this during this you know coronavirus time that I finally realized that and I mean I resisted doing online yoga they asked me like you know I see you you've done um, Udaya videos and they've been asking me my wife everybody you got to teach online you got to make this and I don't want no I just want to teach real people in front of me and for years and in the last 65 days, I have more content than I could have ever <laughs> imagined in my whole life because everything's getting filled and I've just forced, okay, here's the camera. And actually, and now the crazy thing is I love it. You know, yeah, I, ditto. I really enjoy it. Ditto. I was never going to teach online. I was yeah. never going, I mean, in the social media sphere. Like, yeah. yes, I have the diet videos, but I was not going to do it on Facebook or YouTube or yeah. Instagram or whatever. No, I was a hardcore no. Mm. And now I love it too. Yeah. I know. It's really. And I want to know if people love it on the other side. Do you know? I mean, I think people miss the, the, the three dimensionality of being together, but the people that are taking the classes, are, are, are they enjoying their yoga? They're even just their physical yoga. They seem to be. They yeah, seem to be. So. Yeah. And so. I, you know, I'm going to open the studio again, June 1st and do a combination. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, and, in class. You know, I think mm -hmm. I, what I keep thinking about this next wave is outdoor yoga. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm looking for is the right place just in our, neighborhood around here to start some outdoor classes and mm -hmm. um i think that's the safest bet for everybody because i don't think people are going to want to jump back into a studio where people are coughing and sneezing and sweating and you know the whole thing where outdoor yoga classes especially here we are in the summer months it's beautiful it's warm mm -hmm. i think this is this is the ticket and i'm going to start looking into this and i've been 
talking about it for weeks and haven't done anything. So I'll use this as the impetus for starting to move in that direction. You'll find your spot. Yeah. 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 That's that people have said the same thing to me. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how it all evolves. Well, I am so grateful for your time, Govindas. I'm such a fan. I think of uh, you as one of my teachers. I love uh, your energy. It's so soothing. And I love the comic of the comedy of thinking you own like an angry rage at your family. Oh god. <laughs> well, you come across as so sweet, everybody. Oh, but you know, I mean the, these the kids, they they can pull it out <laughs> of us, right? Like, yeah. like oh, yeah. we don't even think we have. And and it just this is this is it, you know. This is it. This is yeah. it. Yes. Well, I'm going to find your Venmo because I've been looking for it. I'm just so deeply appreciative of everything that you offer. Is there anything that you'd want to share where people can find you? I'll put some links to Bhakti Yoga Shala. I was going to ask you one question. Is the Udaya Festival going to happen this year? They haven't officially canceled it. That hasn't been a no, but you know, I'm planning to go. I have been planning to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if they say it's happening, I might do it. Yeah. I might do it. I've been thinking about it too. I miss the family. You know, the Udaya family feels it's, it is that. It feels like a sweet family. And I get so much out of being able to participate, let alone teach. That's when I, I can take classes with you. I know. I love it there. It's really, really special. So we'll see for people listening. It's this festival where we met at, uh, in Bulgaria. Nobody would ever think of a yoga festival in Bulgaria, but it is beautiful there. I mean, as green as anywhere on the earth. And there's mountains and lakes. And I mean, it is so special. And uh, there's a, a great yoga festival that's put on there by our friends at Udaya. And and we don't know if it's, I guess it's not canceled as of yet. But No, um, not, not canceled as of yet. And I tell everybody, you know, like you, I travel a lot and teach a lot and go to a lot of different festivals. This is kind of my favorite one. Yeah, it's really special. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. All these rock star teachers and musicians all in one place where right. you can just walk up to and have a meal with or sit by the water or take a class from. It's so, it's so good. It's really nice. Yeah. So That's where I first met you. I remember I didn't know you as a teacher and it was the first year in Rila, you know, in the, in the mountains there. And I had horrible jet lag. And mm. I think I was quite hungover and it was the middle of the afternoon. I was trying to get ready to teach later and I needed to just rest and I couldn't sleep. And I heard this voice coming out from outside my window. And I was like, what? Who's that down there? And I pulled my blanket and my pillow out to the balcony and just laid on the balcony. And this Uh-oh. teaching was coming up. Somebody was playing music, and I'm thinking of like, is it Vetus or is it Rudy? And like, no, is it who is who is it, who is this person? I have no idea who this person is, but I am so in love with everything that's happening right now. Just like <laughs> receiving the transmission coming up, and then I figured out later it was you. I'm like, wow, oh, wow, I'm a fan. Thank you. Even just hearing hearing the way that you teach, it's so deeply rooted in truth and spirit and. God, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. And yeah, we'll just keep going, keep stepping forward. You know, what else to do now? Chant the Chalisa. 
Exactly. Today's today's line, right? That we're on line twenty. Durga Makaja Jagatikejete Sugama Anugraha Tumaretete. One of my favorites that all difficult tasks become easy in this world by your grace, Anuman. So there's my, my friend, he talks about they talk about the Chalisa as the prayer, the poem, and the promise. And once we get into line 20 through 40, there's like six or seven lines that there are these promises that are given to us. Mm. All difficult tasks in this world become easy by your grace is this promise that we're given. I'll take that any day. (laughs) So, you know, just this short story I shared today, I think it was that in this coronavirus time, me and my son have been doing, we've really gotten into mountain biking. We live up here in the Pacific Palisades and mountains are all around. And I've never really mountain biked before. And we have been climbing these hills that are just monstrous. You know, you put that gear into one and one and you just go. <laughs> and the other day I was like, I don't think I can get up this. It was so vertical. And I just started chanting the Chalisa. And it was like my bike suddenly had wings on it and I just <laughs> flew right up that hill. So maybe it is true. All difficult tasks become easy by your grace. It is true. It is true. That is true. Well, thank you for sharing that and all of your teachings. And I'm going to, I'll post all the ways people can find you in the links to this, but Ram, 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 Kupindas, so much love to you and your family. Thank you. You as well, too. I so appreciate being here together. And thank you for your great teachings as well, too. And I'm a huge fan as well. So just keep it going and we'll chat soon. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I'll see you in the morning for Chai and Chalisa. Sounds good. (laughs) Rhyme. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.